Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Hi, this is Todd Graffinini, voice of your New Orleans Pelicans, and you're listening to Jeff and Tina on Force Truly. Good evening, beautiful people, and happy Tuesday. This is Tina and JB with this week's episode of Floors Truly. Hey, JB, how are you tonight? Good, Tina. How are you? Nice to be back. I am doing great. I am having a great week. I'm I'm ready for the weekend already just because it's going to be beautiful and I've got so many plans. So uh, tomorrow's Wednesday. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you're having a beautiful weather week. I had a wonderful weather day today. We talked about it prior to the show. Yes, I know. I sympathize. I truly do. Like, you know, when people, when something happens like this, people always say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, I understand. I sympathize. I really actually do. I mean, living on the Gulf Coast, living in New Orleans, and and we deal with hurricanes every single year, tropical storms, even just bad rainstorms now. I mean, we'll knock over furniture and tear stuff up. So I do truly sympathize. And my heart goes out to everybody up north right now that's dealing with it. Because I know it's a very unusual thing. It's not common. And they they just, I, I don't want to say they're not equipped for it, but I, I feel like we just, we, we deal with it on such a regular basis. It's kind of like second nature for us. And the pictures I've been seeing out of some of the areas is just horrific. So our my heart and prayers go out to everybody and, you know, hope they stay safe through all of this. And yeah, I know you, I mean, had, you had a rough time. Thankfully, you know, I don't, I mean, I don't live there. I would just happen to be transporting stuff today down to, to the Philadelphia area. And it was like nothing I had ever seen down there before. <laughs> Uh, the water levels were ridiculous. The one street with the intersection was flooded to the point where the car was, the car's tires were about three quarters underwater. Yeah, I believe, I believe it. I, the, the most, one of the most craziest pictures I've ever seen was after Hurricane Katrina out on Lake Shore Drive, which is Lake Pontchartrain. There's a marina, there's a bunch of different restaurants, there's some um, boat houses, there's uh, apartments out there. And there were some pictures of some of the boats in the marina that actually came up onto the road and went into some of the, the apartments. And you're talking like two, three blocks away from where they actually initially were. Wow. That was like, that was really of all the pictures that I've seen. You can imagine there was a lot of, that was the one that was just the craziest to me is that you see this big, huge boat, like literally on top of a building. And it just, the image is just insane. And it just goes to show you how, you know, how powerful mother nature is and whether it's flooding or if it's tornadoes or cause the hurricanes do spawn them off. It's, it, you just, you, you have to be very careful always so you know like i said we, we we deal with it on a regular basis here and it's just very unfortunate and seeing those images are just it's like deja vu and i feel bad so i'm glad you made it back safe though <laughs> and we hopefully did. hopefully none of us have to experience anything else hopefully that this will be the end of it for a while yeah i said we survived jumanji level eight today so yes that's that is our that's the running joke like the last couple of months what every time something happens we'll go jumanji level something jumanji yep. level so you're on level eight eventually we're gonna have to like start creating more 
levels here because it's just every time we turn around, it's something. But on a positive note, a really positive note, we had some really exciting news the last couple of days. The NFL starting up training camp and the XFL, which you and I kind of talked about this and we followed on social media, actually has a new owner or actually new owners. Somebody that we're very, very familiar with, The Rock. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and uh, his business partner and an investment group purchased the NFL for a bargain price of $15 million. <laughs> Can you imagine $15 million for a whole XFL team? In Kansas City, you can't even get a starting quarterback for $15 million. <laughs> no, you cannot. But, but a lot of people listening probably don't realize it was in bankruptcy court. So that's why they got it at such a bargain price. And of course, for you and me, $15 million is a lot of money. But to buy an entire league like this, and hopefully, you know, with the right people, and from what I was reading with the investment group that he um, he purchased it with, they have some previous experience. They have stakes in a couple of different companies. They have like an NFL hospitality company. They also own a football club which is in France. So they're, they're a private equity firm and it's, they have some experience with, with this kind of kind of work and his business partner, him, they're invested in a lot of different stuff. So I, I personally like the rock. I think he's a great guy and he seems like he would be a people person. And I think with his skills and, you know, with this investment company, they'll be able to get the XFL on a good marketing track and maybe kind of reinvent what we had talked about, maybe making it like a farm type league where some up and coming players that are on a practice squad, if the NFL is willing, let them come and play instead of opening up to in, having tryouts in a, in a sense of where it's like, well, I'm you know 30 something years old. I've been out of the league for two years and I still want to play football. I think if they kind of revamp up how they structure and what they're looking for, for, for the league, I think it actually would really be successful. But that again, that's not in a COVID age because we all know they were actually doing well this year and then COVID happened and they tried to keep everybody on their payroll. And I think that's what caused the downspin for them. Yeah. And Vince McMahon, you know, Vince McMahon has always been that kind of guy. He, he thinks he, everything he touches is going to turn to gold and he's, he's kind of stubborn in, in, in his ways. So yeah, to think he was going to be able to overcome COVID with a, a startup league by keeping everybody on the payroll, just, it was it didn't make good financial yeah, sense and we saw it happen his heart was in the right place but bad financial decision especially for something so new and the thing is I, I i mean i don't know what the rock's plan is i was just reading briefly uh his his interview with his his ex-wife and his business partner and what their direction what they want to take but they're going to do some market research and some studies so we may not see the xfl come back next year it may be 2022 before it happens but I, my, my practice in, in life is, is that take your time and do it the right way. Don't rush it. So, I mean, if it takes basically two years to get it, get their plan in place and it's successful, then it's worth it than trying to rush something out next year. Cause yeah, we all, we all want sports and we obviously, this is the old saying third time's a charm. So hopefully they'll do, um, they'll do it right and they'll be successful. I do find the interesting thing is, you know, the rock and Vince McMahon have a good business and personal relationship. And because this was in bankruptcy court, he was not allowed to talk to him about it. That was one interesting little fact that I had read that he was like, he said he wanted to speak with them. He said, but obviously the nature of everything going on the way it was because it was in bankruptcy, he couldn't talk to him. So that was kind of interesting too. Cause I was like, yeah, how, how do you not talk to your ex boss about buying his company essentially? And I wonder now if he would, ha if he would maybe consult with Vince on this now, if it's possible, 
Um, yeah, want- now that now that the deal is actually done, yeah, I assume that they actually can talk about it. Because I, I mean, wonder I, if you'll bring him in. Um, that's a good question. That's a really good question. If he'll I mean, have you him hire him as a consultant. To yeah, if he, and- I wonder if he would consider doing that. Or if he just wants to take it his own direction. Yeah, because they've lost. I mean, I can't imagine the amount of money that they've lost. I mean, this is this is a huge hit for him. Because, yep. I mean, I know they invested a lot of money and a lot of time trying to get this together. And there was so much excitement. I mean, I know I I was talking about it for weeks when I heard, first heard about it. Because it seemed like he had the right backers in place and management and, and even some great coaches. And then, you know, as auditions were coming on and, and they had tryouts and we saw some of the players. I mean, there there was some talent there. There wasn't, I would say, enough of it. But... It, it was a good starting point. I think if it would have been successful this year, then we would have seen even more next season. So it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. I feel like you said about Vincent, man, I feel like that about the rock. I feel like he's, he's involved in so many things and he's so likable and so personable and so successful that hopefully that'll rub off on this. Because I, I think if the XFL, sorry, I get tongue tied is <laughs> done correctly. And I think if the, NFL will sign off on it. I think it could be a great developmental league for players that are wanting to make that next step. It's just the NFL has to work with them and not feel like they're in competition because obviously the NFL is a billion dollar industry. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. So I don't feel like they need to feel threatened, especially if they're not directly competing with one another during the season. Yeah. And I, I think the you're talking about the right attack for this. I think the rock needs to approach the NFL and try and make this a league that works with them and not fights against them. And I think that's been the problem that I've seen in these other leagues that have failed. Now the a, the AAF I thought was going to have a good shot, but they, they, like you just said, they kind of rushed. I think if they waited a little longer, they might have done okay but they kind of rushed that league into place and then they lost the funding. And, and I was actually entertained by that league and then it, it, it had to go away. They just couldn't, they couldn't afford it anymore. Uh, yeah. It's, it, there's no point in putting a product on the table. And I say that in a sense of like, it's an actual product, but there's no sense putting in a product on the table that, you know, it's, it's kind of like when, when something new is invented and the company's trying to get it out on the shelves. Well, you work out the bugs you know, you do your marketing, your product testing, get that out the way and then put it on the shelf because you don't want to have something. It's like buying a new car. You, you always say when a new model comes out, don't buy it right away because yeah. you want, you know, you want to make sure you see the reviews and, and they, they work out all the bugs and the recalls and that type of thing. I feel it's the same thing in sports. It's just a lot more expensive events uh, investment. So what they need to do is they need to look at, you know, formulating a plan and working with the NFL owners and working with Goodell and saying, Hey, look, you know, we're not trying to like knock you over. We're, we want to work with you because honestly they would benefit one another if they were to do that. Because a lot of these players that don't get the, the experience and case in point preseason, it's over with, we're not having preseason this year. How many players that normally would get looks are not going to get those looks and get a spot on a roster now because there is no preseason games. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago without the pre These kids, the, the, the third-day draft picks, the undrafted free agents, they're really going to have a hard time being put on rosters. So a league like the XFL working in conjunction with the NFL would have been perfect for them. 
in a, in a year such as this. Yeah. So if I'm saying if, and I'm not asking them to rush it, but I'm saying if there was a season next year, those guys that, nor, that didn't get a chance this year, have a chance to go play and make a name for themselves, get some looks by some of these scouts and impossibly be on an NFL roster the following year. But again, that's all got, everything's got to fall into place, but that's how I feel about it. I feel like they should work together because yeah. they're obviously, they're no match for the NFL. And the and, NFL shouldn't feel threatened at all. No. And then you'd also get some name recognition. Even the fact that you're working with the NFL would help. But some of the players you're, you're going to get on those rosters are, are names that people are familiar with. And uh, like you said, maybe even if they're college kids where they were big college stars and people knew their names in college, you're going to get that star power, not NFL level, but someone that's interesting or somebody that's drawing the attention, you know, the other startup leagues, there wasn't a lot of that either. There were guys who could play the game, but you weren't hearing names that people were going to pay money to go see. Mm-hmm. We had a player, I'll give you a case in point, one of my, one of my favorite undrafted free agents at the Saints signed a couple of years back was Joe Morgan. He was a wide receiver, and he, he was undrafted free agent. He played for the Canadian League, and he, 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 it was a game against Tampa. He made this phenomenal play. He was on the cover of the, the like literally the front page of the newspaper, not the front page of the sports section. But I mean, everybody was talking about him after that. I mean, like you turn on ESPN, they were all talking about that play. It, he, he was a guy that had he not been, you know, had we not signed him, we don't know where he would have been if he would have even gotten an opportunity. Somebody like him, you know, who was kind of a standout at college, but for whatever reason, didn't get drafted, didn't get looked at. Cause I honestly didn't notice him until he, he was signed with the saints and I had seen him at camp. And, and that was, that's the one thing for me personally, I'm going to miss the most about camp is I like to watch those, those no name guys out there. I call them project players. I pick one or two a year that I feel like has a lot of talent. I evaluate them and then I follow them. And, and sometimes they don't make it with the saints. They move on to other teams, but then it's like, I'm really pulling for them because those are the ones that just, you know, it's not like their first round, second round draft pick names of people like, uh, like Justin Jefferson with your Vikings. I mean, everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. He's got a lot of expectation to live yep. up to, especially because whose shoes he's filling. The ma- the person I will not name. <laughs> the <main> but, <laughs> but, but, but I mean, he has, he has big shoes to fill. So people are following him just because in, like, I, I can guarantee you my fantasy f- football league, he's probably going to be drafted within the first two, three rounds. Oh, in your league, I bet, I bet he will. Yeah, definitely. I, like I said, because I'm being LSU fan, and I, you know, I liked him, and it kills me that y'all got him. But it, you know, it's 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 good. But but other guys like Joe that was on our team, you know, a couple of years ago, that's a guy nobody would have taken a look at. But again, if he was in a league like the XFL and it was running conjunction with the NFL, and then he would have had that stepping stone to go on. And then who knows? He may have actually gotten drafted which obviously gives him more money and, you know, he, he's, I don't want to say all but guaranteed a roster spot, but you and I both know usually draft picks, you know, are, are not on the bubble as much as the undrafted free agents. No. The, the, and even if you want to even tighten that up, usually the draft picks that you see in the first two days are almost guaranteed a spot on the roster. It's the third day draft picks and the undrafted free agents mm-hmm. that are really the guys that struggle to make a team. Yeah, and then the, and the factor of the contract too. So they, yeah. they get a little bit more money, which is good for their family because obviously it's a physical game. Something can happen, and you know it's unfortunate if if after you know two three games they get hurt and it's a serious injury, and then that's the end of their career. 
you know, they're obviously not, they're not going to get as much guaranteed money. So then they have to go back and then it's like reality sets in and it's like the one thing they worked for most of these guys, you know, since they were kids is gone. So, you know, look at all the aspects of it. So, I mean, I'm hoping that, that the rock and his business partners are successful and I wish them all the luck and it's going to be fun to see what they can do. I, I know probably I will be watching it a little bit more closely now, just because it's him. Cause like I said, I'm a fan. I love him. I love his movies and he seems like a great guy and he's fun. And plus I loved watching ballers. <laughs> so now it's, there like, you go. it's like ballers real life now. <laughs> so. It really is. And, and we'll see what happens. Like I said, so many of these startup leagues come in with these great ideas and great plans. And most of what does them in is funding. So mm-hmm. the key for the rock is to figure out now that he invested 15 million, just in the league, how are they going to be able to fund player personnel, uh, where they play their games and, and, you know, extraneous things like that people to run the teams. Where's that money going to come from? I think, uh, taking a year off and, and trying this in 2022 to start again is the best route to go. It gives them time to figure out the financial aspect of running. A yeah, we'll see. We'll see. If y'all are listening, take my advice. <laughs> <laughs> I know some stuff. <laughs> but moving on to the NFL, we are like at the startup of training camp. Our players have reported. We've had a lot of them that have opted out. I think uh, as of this morning, we're up at like 54, 53 players that have opted out so far. So they're at the, they're the tail end of the testing part. Now they're in the uh, conditioning and physicals and they'll do that for the next couple of days. And then I guess, depending on the testing, like you were talking about before the, the percentage, I think we got to be at like 5%. So we'll see what happens from there, but I, I'm excited that we got some news here in new Orleans with the saints that the, um, the team, Sean Payton made a decision that they're going to basically put themselves in a bubble they're going to block out some hotel rooms and sequester themselves. And it's it would be, be for great. Players. Yeah. It would be great if other teams took that lead. Uh, I saw that today. I thought, I thought that was a, a really good thing to do. It was a great concept and it would be great to see the rest of the teams adopt the same kind of program. Yeah. I think we may see that uh, it's going to, it's going to be interesting because with the Saints. And their training camp history, they've had the last couple of years here in Metairie at their facility, and then they were at the Greenbrier, they've been at Nichols, um, they, they've been all over. And I always liked them here, but it, now there's no fans. There's no distractions. They're going to be at the hotel, player staff. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays into anything, if it plays into anything. Because especially with the way the training camp is structured this year, I think what I remember reading, they're going to do strength and conditioning. They're limited on how long they can do that. They're doing walkthroughs. And then it, then it's going to gradually increase. As the testing goes on, the gradually the, that will gradually decrease. And then they'll start having contact and run through drills. So like today I was watching, uh, uh, was it, I think it was NFL Network. Tom Brady was out there practicing with, with the team. And it, I mean, it just, it looked like a regular, you know, regular practice. And I don't know, like I said, I can't, I can't vouch for other, t- other teams, what they're doing. I think the saints have the right idea. It's just, it's going to be interesting to see how, cause the deadline for the opt out is at 4 PM on Thursday. So that still technically gives a little less than two days for some of these players to make that decision. Yeah. And I know the players aren't exactly thrilled with the move up on the opt out. Um, well, 
I mean, at some point it's got to, I'm a safety first person, but at some point there's got to be a cutoff and a decision because we're we're rolling into camp now and things have to get started. And you don't want to have a player, a specific player like um, Devin Funches working with his quarterback. And then he decides, you know, week into it, Hey, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to play this year. And then that kind of changes their game plan. And I think he's like one of the, one of the players right now, one of the biggest players, I think that opted out so far. And I know, I know like the Patriots has like eight, nine players that have opted out. The Patriots are dropping like flies. I can't wait to see what they actually put on the field by the time, by, you know, when it's all said and done. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Not only do they lose Brady, but I mean, like some of the big starters are, are opting out this season. That for a Patriots fan and what's going on in New England, this the the spectrum is just I mean, that team is gonna look nothing like what it used to. I almost feel bad. <laughs> you know, just a tiny bit. <laughs> uh, but I mean those six those six rings, I mean, really, you know, <laughs> makes up for it. But Yeah, it's it's I, I don't really I cannot really feel bad for the Patriots. Uh, I do for their fans just because Oh no, I don't feel for their fans either. I do I a little bit for their fans just because I mean, we are all going through this COVID together. And like we discussed before, football is a source of serenity for a lot of us. So what they're going to, the product they're going to see on the field is, and I hate to say subpar, but it, it pretty much will be. It I won't mean, be what they're used to. No. I mean, you've got a quarterback who we know what Cam Newton can be, but we don't know what he's going to be. And he's got to, first of all, prove he's hundred percent healthy. He's got to get his chemistry together with his players. But when half of your starting roster is going to opt out, (laughs) then what happens? So that dynamic completely changes. And for me, it's like, it's a whole, you know, that is, you know, that is foreign for the Patriots. That's foreign for their fans. That that they dare, this is something that they'll never, they'll never probably experience again. And like I said, I I feel a little bit bad. I mean, but they were a dynasty for so long. It's nice to have another team to have a chance, you know, and they're not going to be there more than Buffalo actually has a solid chance of winning that division. Now. Uh, I, I think Buffalo is actually the only team I can see winning that division, not new England. Uh, I can't see the Jets doing it. Mm-hmm. It's because the Jets are just – they're more they dysfunctional. Traded, they just traded away their best player. Yeah, the, <laughs> and Mosley opted out, and he's played one game in two years since they signed him, I think it is. So, you know, they're more dysfunctional than the cast of Jersey Shore. <laughs> it, it's just bad. It's just a bad situation. In, in, God bless poor Sam Darnold. If, if he saw ghosts before, man, they're going to – yeah. Unleash, un- unleash them all on them now. And it's like in the NFC, I mean, like I was talking about Devin Funches. Okay, with all the controversy going on, and, and Green Bay can say all day long that there isn't any controversy going on, but you and I both know when they made when they drafted Jordan Love, Aaron Rodgers was not a happy camper. No, so, not at all. And then now he loses his wide receiver. So we don't know what's going to happen in the next two days. Who could possibly somebody else opt out there? 
So I don't feel like, and, and I'm using them as an example because they have been like named for the last three years, some of, one of like our largest competition. And I know somebody was even talking about it the other day saying that uh, this is the year that uh, Aaron Rodgers wins the MVP uh, based on the fact that just because of, you know, how the season's basically starting and he's got something to prove and he's probably not going to be there next year. I'm like, I disagree. Because there's too much controversy there. Yeah, and I don't. I don't only, see him being an MVP this year. No, and you can only over, overcome so much of that. I mean, right. that'd be the same thing as if. And, and I look. I love Drew Brees. I make it no secret. He's a great guy. But if we would have drafted a, a quarterback in the first round, then wh- what does that say? He comes back this year. You don't think that's not going to play? That's not going to play in his mind. But, I mean, because Drew being on the tail end of it, I'm saying if Drew was, like, still, you know, five or six years down the line, like Aaron Rodgers is, I mean, he realistically could play for the, for the next couple of years. But if you put Drew Brees where we were, like, a couple of seasons ago and we drafted a qu- quarterback, like, if when we when – we, there was talk that we were going to draft Patrick Mahomes, what would have that done for us that season? Hey, it would have been great in the long run, but what kind of controversy would it have led to? Yeah, you don't I mean, initially don't start, but the old saying is where there's smoke, there's fire. I totally believe. And I, and I feel like that Rogers and his coach don't get along so great, which leads back to Aaron Rodgers because he had an issue with McCarthy. And so to me, they're just a hot mess. And, and I, I think Aaron Rodgers is part of the reason for that being a hot mess. I believe mess. that too. And I know Packer fans and, you know, Packer friends of mine aren't going to want to hear that, but you know, he, if, if you gave him a report card, it would be in the margin. Does not play well with others. Yeah, and I have friends who are Packers fans, and they tell me they don't like Aaron Rodgers. They don't like his attitude, but they like his play. But, I mean, McCarthy's not there because of him. Matt LaFleur, depending on what happens this season, may not be there next year either. Will Rodgers be? One of those two are not going to be with the Green Bay Packers next year. And I put my money on Rodgers just because I think he's – it's kind of like before when he was, like, ready to go, and then he didn't want to go, and then Rodgers isn't going to want to retire, but they made that – they drafted Love, and they know that he's their future, so that forces Aaron Rodgers out. Where does he go? Yeah, the running joke is Rodgers goes to the Jets, plays half a season, gets hurt, ends up in Minnesota <laughs> – and ends up in Minnesota. I'm sorry. I should laugh. That's, I know it's a sore subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it is very funny. But, no, history won't repeat itself. But, I mean, there are a lot of teams that actually would take Aaron Rodgers and just put up with his condescending attitude. They just – because he's Aaron Rodgers. Right. I wouldn't want him here. And they've had some Saints fans even say that. Well, man, you know, if he decides after this year, and I'm like, no. No, you don't want that in our locker room. Absolutely not. I just – I, there's very few decisions I completely am adamantly against that the Saints will make, and this that would be one of them. I just yeah. don't. And and thankfully, because we saw Winston, and depending on how he does this year, I don't think we'd have to worry about that. But, man, if it happens, you and I are going to have to have a conversation in a year because I will not be happy to, you know, at all. <laughs> at I, all. I, I was happy to take Brett Favre uh, because I knew what he would bring. I knew he'd bring a cohesiveness to that locker room. Plus, he had a chip on his shoulder. He wanted to prove mm-hmm. something to the Packers. I would Aaron Rodgers in Minnesota would never work. Yeah, those players never are work. the ones that are most dangerous. Is the ones that have chips on their shoulders like that. They have come, they they go somewhere and they have something to prove because people say, oh, well, they're washed up or they didn't do anything. But sometimes a change of scenery is good. We've had several players that were successful with other teams, and then like the last year or two, they kind of you know started to decline, and they came here and they did really well for us. And 
it, you sometimes you just need a change of scenery. It's not, it, it's not always about the player. It could just be the environment. They may not, their family may not be happy where they're living. I mean, they may not, the changes may go on behind, in, in the front office. They may not be happy with, they just may just get tired. It's like when you go to the same school, your whole life and you know and then you you go into junior high and you're with the same people that you were with in elementary school then you go to high school sometimes you just want to see new faces yep and it's a challenge and i think that's part of the reason why brady did what he did because you know he knew that he wasn't going back in, in in new england and he wanted to change the scenery i don't know why he chose the bucks but he did but now he's there well most old players go to florida to retire anyway right yeah that's true that's true. And he, he'd have a great t-shirt company there. Him and Grant could do something on the side together, but yeah. you know, it's just, at, but, but I mean, there were, there were rumors that Brady wanted to come here if Brees retired. I mean, there was like strong rumors that he had inquired if Drew Brees was going to retire, he wanted to come in and then Drew, you know, decided for whatever reason to come back. And I don't know if maybe he heard, like I said, if it's true, if he heard that Brady was interested. And of course, you know, you don't want that person taking over your team. No. I mean, those two are neck and neck with their records. Drew Brees built this here. And then for Tom Brady to come in and just take over. So, I mean, I don't know, like I said, there, there's lots of rumors about that, that he was a step out the door and then Brady inquired. So maybe he, you know, went to the box to stick it to us. Who knows? That's the fun part about football. There's always so many rumors and so much drama. You never know really what's going on. Only the <laughs> guys involved think, know. What, yeah. yeah. And even when you think you do, like even when they come out and say it, it's like you still find out like two, three weeks, you know, even a month or so later, like, oh, wait, that's not what really went down. <laughs> I mean, but it, I think- all, it makes it fun. It makes it fun. And that's the, the fun part about it, especially right now, just because we're where we are with it. I mean, we're all just hoping and praying that this season is going to, you know, take off as expected. Of course, it's not normal. I mean, that's what Sean Payton said in his interview last week. He said nothing about this training camp is normal. Nothing about this season is normal, but we're going to do it. At Acuity Insurance, we believe the things you do for your business every day are nothing short of heroic. And you deserve someone equally heroic to protect them. Like the breaking ground on new construction things, the every box and barcode matters things, and the driving the family business forward things. We put our all into covering your business so you can focus on the things you love most. That's the power of heart. Acuity Insurance, wholeheartedly for you. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Everyday grab-and-go, everyday giftable, everyday fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. It takes these guys want to play, and they're taking the measures they need to take, but... You know, we all wanted to go off a hitch. I mean, we all, you know, first week of September, we want to see that game. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, though. They better tighten up on their testing. Did you see what happened the other this uh, week with Matt Stafford? I did. He's on the COVID list. And Garner Minshew, too. But then as of today, he's off. So I don't know what happened with that. I don't know if he was if he was around somebody that tested positive. Because, you know, because of HIPAA laws, they can't, they can't say anything unless they actually, the player says it. But he was on the list. He was put on the list two days ago. And then as of today, he was taken off the list. But yeah. I saw that Matthew Stafford's on the list. And well, the problem with the Stafford thing is it got out. And then when he tested negative, it was too late. Uh, his wife had to deal with people who heard 
you know, she went shopping and they told her she shouldn't be there and told her kids they shouldn't be out. And oh, I didn't hear that aspect. Yeah, you have to look into it. I mean, this wow. is, I'm just touching this, scratching the surface. You have to look at the details. But basically, the NFL botched the way they handled the Matt Stafford testing issues. And mm. if they continue to do that, it's going to be a real problem. I mean, they really have to make sure that they they look at these tests and and that they if they have to take multiples to get a you know the proper result, then do so. But so it, he it did test like positive, or he, he tested did. positive, but then he tested negative in consecutive tests. Ah, so he was asymptomatic. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think they said it was a false positive. Oh wow. I believe the positive was a false positive. So there's problems with the testing. And, you know, if there are problems with the testing, the accuracy of the testing, that's an issue. Uh, Are these guys who are testing positive actually positive or not? Uh, It's happened more than once. And the the quick testing, the same thing. They're, They're not consistent. Yeah, see, when I initially heard it before I realized it had any, I just thought initially he was opting out because I don't know if everybody knows, but his wife had a brain tumor and she had yeah. surgery and they have young children. So I just assumed that that's, that's what it was, that he was just opting out. And because, I mean, I wouldn't blame him one bit, you know, for everything his family went through. And then they said, no, he was just on the active COVID list, which meant either him or someone that he, he uh, was in contact with tested positive, which means he could have come back after 14 days. Right. So then I was like, well, but but then that didn't make sense to me either because I was like, well, why would you want to do that? You know, especially if you were at that high risk, I, I then that would even make me want to opt up even more. But I mean, like I said, that's their, the I respect the players so much because they came out and said, you know, they want to play this season, and so they know they know the risk and what they're doing. I just hope this, the that the teams adopt the same policy that the Saints are doing, and I think that will help. But like you said, they do definitely need to get the the testing under control. I mean, even if they have to change the rule of thumb and, and continue to do it every day, I mean, why not? It's not like they can't afford it. Right. Really. It, I mean, it, there's really no issue with it. If the players have no problem with, with doing it daily, then just do it daily. I mean, we see what's going on with the, uh, the, the baseball league right now and versus what's going on with the NBA. They've had zero cases. And then, you know, baseball, there was talk on Monday and forgive me because I, I didn't really follow up with it yesterday, but I mean, there was talk that they were going to put a halt on the season again. Yeah, there was talk about it, but I mean, it's two teams really have been the biggest culprit in baseball, uh, the Marlins and the, the Cardinals and the Cardinals got in trouble. They went to a casino, you know, players went out to a casino and came back and tested positive. Uh, they were told not to do that. They kind of broke the rules and that's what happens. Of course. So, they're talking about, you know, big outbreaks in the major leagues. If you really look at it, it's not major. It's two teams out of 32 teams where there were outbreaks. So, again, it's, it's our perception. It's the media really blowing things up, uh, which doesn't help things. Uh, mm-hmm. baseball, baseball, is baseball doing this right? No, they're definitely mm-hmm. not. No. But it's also not as bad as – as being made out to be, at least in my opinion, it's not as bad as they're making it out to be. Ruth. It's just hard as a sports fan, and and I and like and I I look at it. If I was a huge fan of baseball, like I was of football, you know, for them to see that, knowing that they could have done things differently and not had this happen. I mean, yeah, players are gonna, the players are going to do what they're going to do. You can tell them not to go somewhere, but I mean, if you eliminate the rest, like the NBA did, they're not like people in and out. 
and they're doing it successfully, we've got still a little over 30 days before the first game. So I'm hoping we can make it to that and not have any issues. Um, that first game with the Chiefs, I mean, it's they're Super Bowl champions. You know, that's always a big game, you know, when yep. they open the season because they drop yep. the banner and it's, it's big for their fans and whether they're going to be there or not. Our big game, one of our big games, obviously, you know, we're opening against Tampa Bay at home. But the second week, we were playing in Las Vegas at their new stadium against the Raiders. And the Raiders came out and announced yesterday or Sunday that there will be no fans. Yep, it's going to be empty. So that brand new, beautiful million-dollar stadium they built, not a single fan inside. And a lot of Houdats bought their plane tickets to go to Las Vegas. They were all excited about it. So the Saints have not come out yet and made an official decision on whether fans will be allowed or not. We were given the opt out, but that's where things stand right now. There's been no official decision. I've unofficially heard that they're going to try to allow a very small percentage in the Superdome and extreme social distancing. But I mean, that's just hearsay. I don't know if it's for sure. No official statement has been made, but like I, myself, a bunch of my friends were all season ticket holders have been for years have all opted out. So I think each team does their own thing. I just wish the league would actually come up with a decision and make it league wide and just say, okay, look, we're either doing this or we're doing that to have some, you know, uh, unity in in where they can go and and, and say, okay, look, you know, you can make your rules as far as what you want to do with camp. And as far as quarantine, I hate to say quarantine, sequestering players. Yeah. In, 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 a, in, a, in a hotel or in a, you know, facility, like I mean, if, if the Saints went back to Greenbrier, somewhere like that, I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do, wherever your team's going, just, just do something, make something happen. Because we are, like I said, 30 days, less than 30 days. And we're sitting here, you know, not knowing what's going to happen with camp, still not knowing what's happening with the teams. And we're just waiting. And it's like every day, like I check that, you know, every day I watch the news or I see something online and I'm like, okay, well, this team's doing this. And it's just like the trickle down effect. Like I don't know what, what do, you have, do you know what the Vikings have done? Have they made an announcement yet? I think they're still uh, in the same boat. I don't know if they have the opt out yet. I haven't heard anything new on them, but I think they did send them out statements as to what they could do. But there was nothing official in there about an opt out hmm. that I yeah, heard so- of. It may have changed in the in the interim. I honestly haven't done a, a follow up on it. I've kind of been busy with some stuff, so yeah, I, it's, I didn't look into uh, any changes with their what they told their fans. Um, and it may have changed, but I don't think it has. Yeah, like I know the Rams, they're they're doing limited capacity. Raiders, no fans. Saints, like I said, still don't know what's going to happen. I know the Packers gave the opt out option because my friend like went on a rant about it. Was like, I'm going to be there. <laughs> Because, you know, Packers fans, man, like it could be, you know, 10 degrees below zero and they just don't care. (laughs) Uh, They are passionate. And look, I don't know. Saints fans are passionate too, but if we had an outdoor stadium and it was covered in snow and it was a negative 10 outside, I I don't know (laughs) if I could tolerate that. (laughs) Buffalo fans are the same way. Yeah. Oh, man. They are Bill's Mafia. They are incredible. 
they're they are incredible they Nothing are stops them from showing up for no games. no and i guess it's because they're acclimated to it they're used to it we're kind of you know we're spoiled here we complain about the heat and humidity but it's like man like literally when winter comes and we have like those two weeks of a cold front and you know or say cool front and it gets like in the the 50s and 40s like we are bundled up and we're freaking out and like you know cooking soup and dumplings and everything under the sun because we're like <laughs> old so it's it that would be funny to sit there and say okay if we had an outdoor stadium what would it be like so i, I know like the falcons i remember reading that they were only allowing like twenty thousand, less than twenty thousand fans so it's, it's going to be very interesting I, I, like i said I, i'm more for unity i just wish the league would come out and say hey look this is what we're going to do allow either we're going to have 10 you know ten thousand fans twenty thousand fans social distance or none at all I mean, we know it can be done. We saw, we, I watched the Pelicans game, to, uh, the, the, the second to last game, and they had virtual fans, which I kind of thought was really cool. Like they had, like, I guess like you were on Zoom or Skype and then they had your image on in the background and you could see them cheering and stuff and they had the, the, the crowd noise and all going through the game. So it's kind of neat to see that. Like, Yeah, they're all doing different stuff. things. Baseball's doing the cutouts, which is kind of funny. Yes, I saw that. It's very strange. <laughs> It's it is a little weird to see the cutouts, but I mean they're trying, they're doing something, and they are piping it. You know, I've I watched a little bit of uh, one of the games the other day, and they were piping in fan noise and trying to make it feel like it was normal. Um, I don't know. They're trying. That's all I can say is they're yeah, trying. Yeah, it, it just like I said, do something, do something. It's, 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 I, I will be having this conversation. I, I said it when we last did our show together. I said, we can have this conversation in a week and things will change and it is ever evolving. And we just kind of got to roll with it and hope for the best. But, you know, come September 7th, I, I want to, I want to see a game. I'm excited for it. I mean, heck, I, I, we've said this on, on numerous shows. People have, have, we have group conversations about the Saints and football in general, but there are people that sit there and say, I, you know, I do not watch a, a baseball game or I do not, I'm not, I don't follow basketball and everybody's paying attention to it now because we want to support them because they're out there playing for us. You know, they're doing their thing and, and putting their, their selves at risk and we, you know, we need to support them. So as a football fan, yeah, I definitely want to see my Saints play. I want to see Kansas City open up that game and, and play. And, and, you know, I'm excited for them because these guys, that, that's their job. And that's what they do. That's what they get paid. But for so many other reasons, for everything we've been through this last couple of months, it's like, man, if that happens, it, it's almost like a, a small victory, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I do. I feel like it's, it's like a little small victory. Like, hey, we have some little sense of normalcy and this will be fun. And it, whether – you know, whoever your team is, whoever you cheer for, and that opening game that night, everybody's going to be watching. Everybody's going to be watching it and supporting them because it's, it's exciting. It's like, and if we only get through one week and then they put a pause on the season, which is what I think possibly could happen. If there's an outbreak, they'll play and it'll happen. And then, you know, it'll go on a pause like the NBA did. And then they'll put the players in a bubble and then we will resume in a, in a month or so when things are, are safer to resume, which I have no problem with that before, but, uh, and I've said that before, but I just, I want to see that game. I'm like ready for the game. September 10th, y'all know where I'll be. I'll be highly be live tweeting. I'll be excited, but I just, I want to see that game. I know Jeff talked about it on the show last week. He was talking about when they watched the first Pelican game and he just said, man, it was just like a sense of having like some normalcy after That's everything. That's what it is. Yeah. You're looking yep. for that normalcy. I watched it. And like I said, I support my Pelicans. I don't, I don't like watch every game. 
you know, being out for two, three weeks and medical, they had him on medical clearance. So they right. only limited his play for so long. And it's like, when we really needed him, it's like, put him in, put him in. We probably would have won that game, but. And that's what a lot of people, they, they, that's, they will watch the, you know, people who haven't watched the NBA in a long time or might tune in now. And it is, it gives them that sense of something normal going on. Yeah. And who doesn't like a good tailgate? And a good excuse to, to, to cook party food either. Right. And that's, that what, that's what people are doing. Although people, you know, some will not like that there are tailgates. They will want to count how many people are there and make sure people are masked up. But whatever. I mean, just trying to do something, mm-hmm. something that you used to do or something that's There familiar. are certain things that we cook that we usually only make, like, or we will get for football games. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, hey, I hadn't had this in a really long time. I want to cook this or do, you know, chicken wings or do like queso dip or stuff like that. And that was like the running joke about our outdoor kitchen we've been building. I was like, I just want it done for football season. Because whether it's just me and a couple of my friends here and, you know, like four or five of us at the most sitting out there watching the game, or if it's just me and Dan watching the game, you know, I can just kick back and go, man, I, I, we got my kitchen. We're enjoying the weather and watching, watching my saint and just hope that Tom Brady, we don't, you know, he doesn't beat us. Cause that, that is one game I got penciled in on the schedule. That should be a gimme, especially given the circumstances, because I mean, he won't have the time to, I mean, I know he's working out with them today, but I just feel like, you know, we're catching them at a good time. So I expect them to spank them. And I know that makes you extremely happy to hear that. I am not one of Tom's biggest fans. <laughs> As I did post for his birthday, I would have liked to get him a, re- a village where he could go retire immediately. Yes. So I'm one of those people when Tom Brady retires, I'll pop the champagne. It might I, be a week. It might be a week long party. I'm ready to see him go off into the sunset with his six rings and good for him. He did it. Yeah. He's, I mean, if- he's one of the most prolific quarterbacks in the NFL history. I will never, ever call him the greatest of all time. I don't think he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And that I'll get, you know, arguments that he is. No, he's not. He has the most rings. And that's mm-hmm. all that really kind of counts. You and I you agree. Know, yeah, he's not ring, the greatest. A ring is a team effort. He is not so. the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. He's very, very good. He's, I'll probably guess, top 10. But he's yeah, not he's the greatest def- quarterback. Yeah, he's seen. definitely in top 10. But no, he's definitely not the greatest of all time. No, he, he, people, there a lot of people will disagree, but that's what makes sports fun. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with you. I feel like he should have retired this year. I mean, he's not ready to hang it up. That's fine. But it's it's like, what else do you have to prove? So you go into Tampa and let's just say they have a decent season this year. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl this year. They're not. I can't see it. No, I don't think they're. So if he's building towards something, he's going to have to play for a couple of years to get there. And I mean, what is he, 43? Yeah, he just turned 43. Yeah. So at 43 years old, why would you want to do that to yourself when you've got enough money and you've already cemented yourself as one of the best ever? What else do you have to prove? Because the odds of getting back there, especially with a new team, you know, is so slim. He should have just retired this year. Uh, it, it might be ego. He may just want to say, listen, everybody says that without Belichick, I, I wouldn't have been as good. Maybe it's his ego saying, you have to show people that you were the reason that team won six rings, not Bill Belichick. I don't know that for sure. That's kind of just my, my, it makes sense. Well, now again, that's another thing we'll never really know because even once he's long gone and retired in the sunset and you've had your party, he's never going to tell us that, you know, because he's got too much history with that team and I, and, and he respects him because the truth is the two of them together really were, you know, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, quarterback coach combo i mean they're they're up there in top three 
without yeah. a doubt. So I don't think he would disrespect Bill like that by coming out and, and saying that. But I mean, he, he obviously has his reasons. Maybe it's just that he just generally feels still young and he loves football and it's kind of like the Brett Favre thing. Like he thought he wanted to retire and then, you know, he didn't. And, but well, that's one thing we'll never know. It's just like the Drew Brees situation. I mean, everybody thought for sure. I mean, we can speculate what I think you think, but he's back and that's all that matters. And I feel like this, enjoy it while you can, because he is the, and I will say this is in my lifetime, the greatest quarterback the Saints will ever have. We will never have a caliber player like him here again. And for what he did to this, did for the city, not just in the Superdome, on the field, but off the field. He's an incredible person. And we will never see the likes of a quarterback like that again. So I, I enjoy and like you know, thoroughly am enthusiastic to see him play every week because I know when the day comes when he finally retires, there's going to be a huge hole a Florida Lee shaped hole in the hearts of Saints fans in New Orleans, because it, you know, we, we, we just, we hadn't had anything like that. And then we didn't know when he was signed way back when what we were going to have, because I mean, he was gone from the charges coming off that injury. And then literally the first season he took us to the NFC championship against the bears. So we had an opportunity and, and have had, and we've been spoiled. And for a lot of younger Saints fans, they don't realize what it was like back in the day. I mean, you talk about it being a Vikings fan, the heartbreak, but it goes back for years. And younger fans nowadays, they just know their teams, like, you know, Patriots fans, they weren't a dynasty 25 years ago. No. They you know, not. we had the Niners back then. And then we had the Cowboys. And then the Patriots became a dynasty. Prior to Drew Brees coming here, the Saints were really nothing. We were not on the map at all. And he put us there. And, it, you know, we became a, a viable competitor. And not only that, but it's just if you look at the stats of jersey uh, sales and team merchandise every year, the Saints are in the top five. When they talk about fan enthusiasm and tailgating the saints are in the top five being born and raised here and being a saints fan knowing those years when it was just absolutely terrible i know what we have and you know the same thing goes to say for other teams brady's gone he's with the bucks what's going to happen there and then cam newton taking over we'll see how healthy he is but i mean the 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 league is just outside of covid has completely changed this year i mean there's not as much familiar familiarness as what they were before because it's just the quarterbacks have changed, players have changed teams. I mean, look at look at the Vikings and Stephon Diggs. I mean, he for years he was y'all's go-to guy, and he's gone now. And I mean, I know that some Vikings fans were not happy about that. Oh, there were a lot of them that weren't. I quite honestly was just fine if he wanted to go. If that's well, what he wanted, then he should not be. Yeah, there. I know a player should not. You should not want a player to stay with you for the wrong reasons because an attitude rolls over on the field. They become an issue in the locker room. Like I said before, change of scenery is is good sometimes. And it may work out for him and it may not. You know, the Vikings fans, like you said, I mean, so you were okay with it. Some of them were, and, and I, me personally, taking my personal feelings out of it, I think y'all got a great player in JJ. And I think once y'all see what he can do, those players that were not happy about Diggs leaving, they're going to figure out real fast. Yeah, I was all I was all on JJ from the start. I was hoping that the Vikings, that he'd fall to the Vikings, and he did. And I think he's got great potential. I think he can easily replace Diggs. Uh, I'm not saying he will. I just think he can. I think he's got that kind of potential where people will think, oh, we didn't lose a beat. 
Yeah. And then Buffalo picks up a great weapon in him too. This is a big year for Josh Allen. He's got to prove himself. He He's now got another weapon. And if, if Allen can't, you know, Josh Allen still has never had a 300 yard passing game. So this has got to be his year to kind of show the, yeah, he's got to step up. Show the franchise he's the guy. I think he's got a lot of skills, a lot of talents, but that accuracy issue is really going to haunt him until he shows people he can hit the targets. Yeah, fundamental issues. Yep. And I and I, and and I'm excited for for Bills fans just because I feel like they're like that tortured soul. <laughs> if you know what I mean, like they just it. it no, like, Tina, I don't know anything about being a tortured soul. <laughs> Nothing yeah, as a Vikings have, fan. Okay, I know nothing but, about being tortured. But but y'all have been y'all have been to the next level. I feel like at, you know, especially being in that division with Tom Brady and with the Patriots, they just never you know they can't get over that hurdle. You know, of getting to the next level, getting to the playoffs and advancing, and then you know getting to the NFC Championship. It's okay. You got to get there and you got to win, obviously. But I mean, the, the same set of teams have been there for so many years. It's it's nice to see a little change of scenery. You know, get some fresh blood in there. And their fans are so great. It's hard not to root for certain teams. People are like, "Oh, you're a Saints fan? How can you you know cheer for for like?" Give you an example: Tennessee Titans love Nashville and make no secrets about it. It's one of my favorite cities to visit. I was so excited for them last season. So excited for them last season because they were underdogs. Nobody gave them a chance to win, and they did. Now, I knew, you know, the, the following week they were going to get their butt kicked, but I was happy for them to at least get past, you know, one playoff round when nobody was talking about them. They were like the total underdog. I was a, I was a Titans fan for one week last season. <laughs> yep. And it was a great week to be a fan because they, they did beat. Yeah, they did really well. And it's hard. It's, once you go there, it's so hard not to love them and their stadium's great. And it's like, man, if I was like ever going to like convert over to another fan, which I never would. So don't come and hit me up on social media about that. But I mean, it, it because I just love Nashville so much and the people are great. It's so it's like, new, it's so much like new Orleans, but I mean, their, their team is good. And I want to see them, them get better as well. I mean, they've got a lot of good weapons. They just have a lot of issues with that team too, as well. So, you know, yeah. but Again, I got to focus on my own team. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll tell you, like the, I said, we got to. Since we did talk about the Titans, one quick thing that I, I was kind of going to, I was going to do an article because the NFL top 100 got released and I, I don't agree with how they do it. So I was going to try and do a top 10 by position. And I had all these metrics I used. And I don't know if I'm going to do it because of everything I'm doing personal on a personal level, but I did get through the quarterbacks. You want to know, based on my analysis from last season, taking 16, I think it was 15 key factors and kind of weighting them and rating them, the best quarterback last year was Ryan Tannehill. Really? Best quarterback in the NFL, taking all kinds of that metrics and stats, key ones that I thought into consideration. My analysis came up with Ryan Tannehill as being the best quarterback last year. And I gave bonuses to Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes for winning a Super Bowl yeah. and an MVP. And Tannehill still far and away had the best season. Well, I mean, he did knock off the league MVP. But I, <laughs> people will never want to hear that. That Yeah, I, I'd like to see I'd like to see your analysis and your stats on the where you got that. I'd be curious to see that. I really oh, I, I'm happy to share that stuff. Yeah, that would be interesting to see that. Yeah, I went on full geek mode and I picked. Like, yeah, I it's it, you know it's, it, that's the thing. That's the beauty of of being a football fan. It's fun. I mean, it's the little quirky stuff like that. The stats that the things that you see that I might not see or someone else might not see because looking at it, you know, just based on 
paper, you know, like really Ryan Tannehill? No. I mean, they were nine and 17 last year, but it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Brady with the Super Bowl rings. It's a team effort. So, you know, he may play great, but if the guys around him don't, they yep. don't advance, they don't do well. It's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to be fun time. NFL fans, y'all listening. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun year. We just, we, we just got to get past the next couple of weeks and hope everything goes well and hope that the other teams implement some of the rules and follow what the saints are doing. And, and they may be, we just may have not heard of it because, you know, right now it's, it's everything we're hearing about on the news is mostly just, you know, Pelicans and saints, but I hope they, they, they lead by example and, you know, we'll do the same things because I think if we can get past the next two or three weeks and the season can, can kick off literally without a hitch, it's going to be a fun year. I know our schedule is great. I can't wait to, to play y'all on Christmas day. I just wish it wasn't on Christmas day, but you know, it is what it is. I don't make the schedule. All I can do is cheer on, cheer for my team on my sofa. <laughs> But, yeah, I'm like we talked about that too. I don't like them playing on Christmas. I am not happy. But like you said, I'll be I'll be camped out in my new digs watching the game. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. And I wanna tell you, JB, thank you. It's always so fun to have you on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. I feel like, you know, we can chat out football without taking it, you know, too far. And it's always great. And you know, I enjoy uh, getting feedback from all our listeners, no matter where they live and who they're a fan of. Cause like I said, I, you know, I'm a saints fan, but I love the NFL and you know, everybody we're all cool. And you know, we're, we've got another, like literally like one month and like three days till the season kicks off. So I hope everybody out there listening takes the next couple of weeks, get yourself together, you know, share, share with us what y'all are, your expectations are for the season. We'll be keeping an eye on it. I'm sure we'll be talking about it on social media over the next couple of days because things are evolving every single day. And then you will catch us next week on Floors Truly. I am Tina at The Nola Girl and our Twitter handle is at Floors underscore Truly. And I'm here with my guest tonight, JB. Tell everybody where they can find you online. They can find me at Mike Zimmer's Ears, my tried and true handle. Uh, on Twitter, if they go to Instagram, it's uh, Johnny B J O H N N Y B E E zero one zero four. Hit us up. Heart and Skull is our podcast, and the, that Twitter handle is at Heart H E A R T N S K O L. Uh, and my partner for that is A Marie, and her handle is at Part underscore Time underscore Bro. Uh, we will be back soon with our show. We really appreciate all the support we get. Uh, and we love doing crossovers with Tina. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and I'm going to do, fun. I want to do a quick, quick shout out tonight. If I could, if it's okay. Sure. sure. Um, my bonus blessing, my uh, fiance's daughter turned 13 today. So I just want to wish her a happy birthday. That's... Happy birthday. <laughs> 13, such a great age. It's just a fun age. <laughs> But again, thank you for joining me. Thank you to all our listeners for joining us tonight. And we will see you next week on Floors Truly. Y'all have a great week.
Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification. And they're satisfying to scratch, no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21.